This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Heifel. I'm lead pastor here at Grace River Church, and I want to say thank you so much for watching online at home today. You know, it says a ton about your own spiritual development that you carve out some time in the summertime uh, to meet, know, and follow Jesus. And really, that's my hope today is that you take a next step on your journey. And so today we are in the middle of a series called Threaded, and we're talking about how every single story in the Bible is not a set of stories, but it's one story that's pointing us to the Savior, Jesus. And so today we're actually going to be in the book of Genesis, and we're covering uh, the story of Noah and the flood. And it's interesting, there, there's a lot of debate out there whether or not this story actually even happened in history. Is this historical or is it a myth? And I want you to know there's a lot of reasons why you know that this story actually historically even happened. Uh, it's really important that you recognize and understand this isn't a myth. This is an actual historical story that actually literally happened. It's not uh, figurative. It's, it's not anything other than just fact. And so that's what we know about the story of Noah. There really was a worldwide flood um, and it really did impact the entire world. Uh, and there was one family that was saved from it. It was Noah, uh, his sons and their daughter and their, uh, his sons and their spouses. And so uh, it's an amazing story. Uh, we're going to unpack it this morning and we're going to, we're really going to look today at this idea that the, the difference between this Bible being a set of stories and one big story is a set of stories. Uh, if we pull it out and we just say, okay, this is the story of Noah. What we end up doing is we make Noah the hero of the story, or this is the story of Abraham, and we make, we make Abraham uh, the hero of the story, or this is the story of David, and we make David the hero of the story, when really the true hero of all of these stories is Jesus. And so uh, we're going to be comparing this story and seeing the thread uh, between the Old Testament and the New Testament through this teaching today. And so, again, I hope you take a next step as, you, as we walk through this together. And so uh, it's important as we, as we talk about the book of Genesis to understand one big thing about Genesis. Genesis is not just a story of how it was. Like you could look at the book of Genesis in the Bible and go, okay, well, this is how it was. Uh, it, Genesis is a story really about how it is. Like we're all broken. And in Genesis chapter 3, uh, sin enters into the world. And Throughout the entire book of Genesis, we see the problem with sin, the problem with us choosing not to follow God. And today, it's still a problem. All these thousands of years later, it's still an issue. And so Genesis is not just a story about how it was. It's really a story about how it is. And so uh, as far as a timeline goes and the timeline with the Bible, uh, there is 1,656 years between Adam and between Noah. So that's an important thing to keep in mind that so when, when sin is introduced into the world with Adam uh, all the way to, to Noah here in Genesis chapter 6, 1,656 years have happened. So there's a lot of technology advancements. That, there's a lot of things that took place. They, this would have been during the Bronze Age. So you think about that historically. They would have had tools uh, to be able to build a boat with. Some people are like, how in the world would they have built a boat? They were just... You know, some people think that they, there could have been like cavemen during this time period. No, they were fully functional adults, okay? And they actually lived way longer than you and I live. And so their life experience uh, would have helped them to be able to gain the tools and gain the knowledge they needed to be able to build this big boat. And so in Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to pick the story up. The Lord observed the extent of the human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. And so this is a problem, right? God creates the world. Uh, in, in Genesis chapter 3, they sin, and they just keep 
getting worse and worse and worse, and they, they were wicked. Uh, and everything that they thought or imagined was consistently totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. Can you imagine God looking at humanity and going, man, I wish I would have never created them. That God had actual regret here uh, because of the amount of evil going on. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. So he's, he's looking to hit control, alt, delete here. This is a hard reset. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals, the, the scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Now this, a, a lot of bad news. God is essentially going to wipe, uh, wipe the hard drive. He's wiping the earth clean, except for Noah. Noah found favor with the Lord. Now was Noah perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. But Noah found favor, and the, the word favor here in Hebrew, it, it's the same word as grace. See, Noah didn't necessarily deserve it, but he got favor with God anyways. So it wasn't like Noah was overtly religious. It was this that Noah had found favor with God. And you and I today, if you follow Jesus, you didn't deserve Jesus. You didn't deserve grace. You got grace anyways, right? And so it, it would be easy for us to walk around with like puffed out chests going, okay, you know, God chose me, I'm something special. And what, what you have to understand is this, is that you are special because God chose you, but you're, there's also at the same time nothing special about you. It's that there was something really special about the Savior that died for you. And so uh, in, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 14, God gives Noah uh, some instructions about what to build. He's going to build a boat. And by the way, he's going to build a boat. It's the desert. And up until this point, it's never rained. And so we know that uh, the way that the earth was hydrated during this time period was like through like a dew process, like, like dew that would come up from the ground, okay? And so the fact that it's going to rain is a really big deal. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tower inside and out, and then construct the decks and stalls uh, throughout the interior. Make sure, uh, make sure the boat is 450 feet long, uh, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high, and put a door on the side. This is going to be really important. There's, there's, one, there's one door. Uh, and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. And so you know, God gave Noah some specific instructions here. Build a boat. I want you to build it this size, this dimension, uh, and just do what I'm asking you to do. And then in verse 17, look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. I mean, this is a big moment. This is like, you know, I used to be a sucker for those like natural disaster movies, like into the world type stuff, right? Uh, Armageddon was probably the first one that I watched that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so into this. And, and the, the, as time went on, they just got kind of like cheesier and cheesier and cheesier. This is like that, only very extreme and real life. No CGI. This was really going to happen. But I will confirm my covenant. Now, this is the first time the word covenant ever shows up in the Bible. And so it's this concept that God is making an agreement with Noah. See, I'm confirming my covenant with you, so enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. And so, hey, we want you to get in the boat. I want you to get in the boat. And then in verse 19, more instructions. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive, alive during the flood because God's going to do a hard reset, uh, but he also wants to keep the animals and the birds 
and the reptiles around. And so, so Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Now that's a little side note here that I think is really important. In the detail of the story, you could miss this if you're just reading it in a one-year Bible program. Noah did everything that God had commanded him to do, like every little detail. And here's the thing, man. I think that needs to be our story, that, that we're obedient with whatever God has given us to do, that we actually do what he's asked us to do. Then in verse 27, when everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with all your family for among all the people of the earth, I can see that you alone, you alone are righteous. And then in, in, in chapter seven, verse four, seven days from now, this is God talking to him, seven days from now, I will make the rains pour down on the earth and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights until I have wiped from the earth all the living things that I have created. So it's interesting, Noah has to get in the boat and wait seven days for the rain to start. Can you imagine like how tense that moment would be? And by the way, while he's building this boat, his neighbors are heckling him, right? People are making fun of him. I mean, this, this boat is gigantic and it's in his backyard and he's explaining to his neighbors, it would have taken him 120 years to build this boat. And he's explaining to his neighbors like, hey, uh, it's gonna rain, which would have been a made up word at the time because it would have never rained, right? And so. They think he's absolutely crazy, especially when he gets in the boat seven days before it starts raining, right? And so, again, Noah did, in verse 5, Noah did everything as the Lord had commanded him to do. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. That's a really interesting note here. Who closed the door? It wasn't Noah. It wasn't his wife. It wasn't his sons. Who closed the door to the ark, to the boat? God closed the door. See, the door was open. In fact, uh, specific instructions were given to Noah to invite anybody that wanted to come onto the boat. But listen, he preached as he built that boat for 120 years, and no one besides his family listened to him. So for 120 years, as, as they build this boat, more than likely he would have even hired employees in the neighborhood to help him build this boat. And the reality is, even after preaching for 120 years, no one responds. No one changes their hearts. No one changes their minds. And as they get in the boat for seven days, well, the door closes behind them. And there's this kind of like moment. I don't know if you've ever like been sitting in your house or sitting in your car before a storm and you can kind of see it coming. And then you start hearing the raindrops and they're, they're tapping on your roof or tapping on your windshield and they, they pick up and the hail starts to come. And can you imagine for a moment being outside of the boat. You're one of those people that ignored this warning. You're one of these people that ignored the, the, the concept of repentance, the concept of, man, maybe we should change. You ignored and instead you made fun of the holy man. You made fun of Noah. And so as the rain comes, you begin to realize that, man, now, now there's puddles. And out of the puddles, now, now the water is knee deep or it's, it's getting waist deep, and then you begin to realize, man, this guy wasn't crazy after all. He was just doing what God asked him to do. And you can imagine, at some point, there are people <laughs> pounding on the side of the boat, asking him to open the door, but it was, it was too late. Then in verse 12, the rain continued to fall 40 days and 40 nights. Finally, the water covered even the highest mountains on the earth, raising more than 20 feet above the highest peak. So water covered covered the earth and God wiped out every living thing on the earth, the people, the livestock, the small animals that scurry along the ground and the birds of the sky all were destroyed. The only people who survived 
were Noah and those with him in the boat. And the flood waters covered the earth for 150 days. And so if you count the 40 days that it rained and the 150 days that the water covered the earth, uh, this it ends up being nearly half of a, uh, ends up being three-fourths of a year. So Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying out. So uh, when, when the rain ends, he begins to see that, that things are beginning to dry out. And two more months went by, and at last, the earth was dry. And then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. And then Noah, look at what he does next. He built an altar to the Lord. So instead of Noah getting out of the boat and going, ha, this is all mine. Like, we're the only eight people left. Instead of making this a big deal about himself and instead of bragging about it and walking around like he was the man, instead what he did was he worshiped. He built an altar to the Lord and there he sacrificed as, a, as burnt offerings the animals and the birds that had been approved for that purpose. And I love this, what happens in chapter 9. And then God said, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you and all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It's the sign of my covenant with you and with all of the earth. And when I send, when I send the clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds and I will remember my covenant with you and all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all of life. I mean, I, I love this. And then when I see the rainbow in the clouds, I remember this eternal covenant between God and every living creature on the earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, the rainbow is the sign of the covenant. That, that's the agreement between God and Noah. I am confirming with all of the creatures on the earth. What I love about this story is we get to see that God is a God of second chances. That although humanity was wicked and evil and although we chose not to do what God asked us to do, God gave us a second chance through the person of Noah. And the common thread here is this, is that although Noah had favor with God, you and I have grace with God. That you and I have this amazing gift that God has given us, his only son, Jesus. And so uh, what I love, really the threads of the story, is that grace always comes at the intersection of judgment and mercy is that we get to see here that, man, there, there's a beautiful thing that happens with this rainbow. The rainbow happens uh, right at the edge of the storm and God clearing the way. And there's a beautiful picture that happens here, right? Because it's often in the storm that we're in in our lives that we, that we need to experience the grace, the goodness, and the mercy of God. Uh, but, but here's the thing, man. The reality behind the flood was the flood was God's judgment. But what's amazing is the story of Noah is God's mercy is God being merciful to humanity. And so I don't know what you're up against today or what storm you may find yourself in, but here's the thing, man. There's a clearing coming. And I think what's really important is that you do what Noah did and you just do what God asks you to do. Like be obedient to what he is asking you to do. And so uh, another common thread is that Noah didn't deserve God's favor and we don't deserve God's grace. Like a common thread here, as I mentioned before, Noah found favor with God. That's why God chose him. And God chose you and I not because we did spiritual gymnastics enough, not because we showed up to church enough, not because we got baptized or because we gave or because we volunteered. Like God chose us and the reason he chose us was he loves us. And that, that's why God chooses us. So we don't deserve God's grace, but we get it, we get it anyways. And then uh, the, the, the last thread that I want to look at is that Noah was obedient and he worshiped. And obedience and worship is really our next step. I mean, seriously, like you think about this. Noah gets off the boat, 
And what does he immediately do? He immediately worships. Noah hears from God to build a boat, and what does he do? He immediately is obedient and does what God asked him to do. And for us, man, our next step really is obedience, is that we would be obedient to whatever God has called us to do and that we would worship, that these two things would be our next step. Like, you know this today if you're listening. There are probably some things that God is asking you to do or has asked you to do that you've been a little slow to do. And maybe today's the day that you decide, you know what, man, I'm going to be obedient and do the thing that I know God wants me to do. Maybe it's forgiving that person that you need to forgive. Maybe it's breaking off the relationship that you know you need to break off. Like, what is the obedient step that you know that you need to do? Maybe it's telling the truth about something that you've been covering up for years. Like, what is that next step for you that you need to be obedient with? And in doing that, man, what you're doing is you're worshiping. The last thread is, is that the, the flood was, was the great reset. And here's what I need you to know. Jesus is coming back. Like, this is really important. The flood was the great reset. But listen to me, friends. Jesus is coming back, and that's the ultimate reset. And just as people weren't ready for the flood, there are people that are not ready for the return of Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself talks about this. He, he gives the common thread. So in the series threaded, the, the concept or the idea is that we're, man, what does the story of Noah have to do with the story of Jesus and the story of us? And the answer is everything. If we look here in Matthew 24, verse 37 through 38, when the Son of Man returns, this is Jesus talking, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. Oh, right? Verse 38, in those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and, and parties and weddings right up into the time when Noah entered his boat. And then, verse 39, this is the crushing thing. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept it all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. And listen to me, friends. We know people that don't know the truth about Jesus. It's our job to tell them the truth. Even if it takes us preaching our whole lifetime, our responsibility is to tell our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers that Jesus is coming back. And we have a responsibility to point those people to Jesus. And maybe you're listening today and you're like, man, I, I feel like I'm the kind of person that's outside the boat like I've never received the grace, the favor, the goodness of God. And maybe today's the day for you where you just simply receive this, where you realize, man, it's not what you did, but what's been done for you. So maybe this morning is a chance for you just to say yes to Jesus. And you can do that right now just by bowing your heads and closing your eyes with me. You could pray a prayer just like this. God, I'm sorry for what I made my life about. And God, today I acknowledge that I've sinned and I've fallen short and I've done some pretty wicked things in my life. But God, I believe that you sent your only son, Jesus, for all of that stuff. And so God, today I confess with my heart and with my life, you and only you to be my savior. Thank you for saving me and making me a Christian. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all of this. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.